back in 1955, Mountbatten, there was actually a UFO allegedly landed on his estate in Hampshire in England. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is all written down. There's all evidence for this. Love the British monarchy. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, all. Kinsey Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And I hope you don't mind. Today's episode is a little spooky. I recruited Mark Christopher Lee, who's the head of Nub TV and kind of a, um, a supernatural guru to take us through the royal's relationship with the paranormal and the supernatural. Um, We're going to talk about King Charles flying a UFO. We're going to talk about Prince Philip and uh, his Bigfoot sighting. That's all happening here today. So if you are in the mood to celebrate the holiday season, I think you're going to like this one. Mark says he's received testimony and evidence regarding the royal family's interest in UFOs dating back to Earl Louis Mountbatten, Prince Philip's uncle, who allegedly had a UFO land on his Broadlands estate. Mark, thanks so much for being here. I'm going to come in hot. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I got an amazing email from you with the title, Did King Charles Pilot a UFO? I've been chomping at the bit to get this interview with you. I've got you here. I've got you on the spot. You've got to tell me the story. Did the king pilot a UFO? Basically, I was contacted uh, by a Canadian uh, called Dan Costello. Uh, who claimed, who claims, I should say, to have worked on a secret UK military project in Nova Scotia in 1975, I think it was, uh, at a place called Sandy Point. Uh, and he said uh, Prince Charles, as he was at the time, was involved in this as a, as a pilot. He was stationed on the nearby HMS Endeavour, because uh, obviously Prince, uh, Prince Charles was in the British Navy at the time. And he was enlisted to help fly this, basically what it was, uh, Dan Costello claims, was an experimental man-made UFO. It wasn't extraterrestrial, but it was, to all intents and purposes, if you saw it in the sky, it would look like, you know, archetypal UFO. It was saucer-shaped. But it was was basically new technology, experimental technology that was kept secret at the time, and it involved dual rotor blades. Obviously, uh, Prince uh, Prince Charles was a a helicopter pilot, which is why I was enlisted, because this was similar to a helicopter Uh, but looked like a UFO. And the weirdest part of it was it was powered by some form of electromagnetism. And it was actually controlled by a larger craft, which was Uh following behind, which had a massive magnet in. Uh, And anyone nearby to to this, to these craft could could be in danger of, of serious health risks or their lives. And Dan Costello actually claims that because of Charles' expertise, it was one of three pilots in this craft uh, that no one was harmed that day. And uh, these pilots were transporting this craft to uh, Langley in, in the USA, which was a NASA base that had something to do with NASA. It's an incredible story. And it has been verified by uh, numerous people that we've we've been in touch with, including an ex-US uh, intelligence officer. So there is, there is some, it does sound fantastical, uh, it's it's an amazing story and you know we've got some evidence to back it up i've actually written to uh king charles now at buckingham palace uh to ask for his version of events but he hasn't replied yet 
this aircraft, it had three pilots with three pilot domes, all encased in a heat sensitive glass dome to protect the pilots from the magnetic mm. effects. So is that th I'm just to, to visualize. So this is three individuals that are in the same space or in the, in the same aircraft. Surely there are somebody else that can go. Yeah, I was sitting to the left. Yeah, I was. Sitting well, this is it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is what this is what we need to find out. So if there's anyone listening that has any any more knowledge of who these pilots could be. Uh, Dan Costello seems to think that they may be from the British British Navy, uh, but we don't know. Uh, he, he's tried to follow this up and hasn't got anywhere as of yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, the place at Sandy Point also needs investigating because he claims that the uh, this craft was one of many and it was kept in uh, underwater basis uh which which is why he was enlisted he was a diver uh so it, it's an interesting story but I, I really want to go over to Nova Scotia and uh, go diving and find you know where where, where all this happened well we've got to get you there I think one of the things I really admire about King Charles is his curiosity and I, I've said in recent podcasts it sometimes gets him in trouble um <laughs> Do you believe he's a curious monarch and do you admire um, his kind of openness when it comes to the supernatural? Yeah, most definitely. He's got an inquisitive mind. He's very, very intelligent, of course. And he gets this uh, penchant for the paranormal and the supernatural, if you will, from, from his father, Prince Philip, who, who in turn got it from Lord Louis Mountbatten, his uncle. Uh, so there's, there's this, you know, train of thought going down the royal family that's ended with Charles uh, as king now. And, uh, yeah, he's got an acquisitive uh, mind and is open to ideas. And, that, and that's what makes him a great king, I think. Um, yeah. The thing you've also said is that Prince Philip himself um, would ask for regular briefings on the mm. latest UFO news from his private secretary is that global is does he have a global interest in ufos or is he only concerned about what's happening in his vicinity it was his you know search for knowledge you know of a or that that element of mm -hmm. curiosity was that bigger than how does this affect us how does this affect me yeah, I think so. I think it was on a global basis. I had recently interviewed this week, actually, uh, an ex-police officer called John Hanston, uh, and he he's an author as well. And he's he was corresponding with both Prince Philip and the Queen, and he was sending them copies of his UFO books, crop circle books, to them, and they were adding them to to their library. So they actually had, I've got an evidence in the letter that Queen and Prince Philip had a library of such books it wasn't just one or two they yeah. had a whole collection of uh, books on ufos because they were very very interested in it obviously it's very very tricky especially for prince philip because you know as the queen's husband at the time he had to keep a lower profile so you and he, especially at the time when you know he was around and into this it was still a bit of a taboo subject uh it's less so nowadays which is why I'm hoping Charles might have, you know, be more brave and come forward a bit. But, it, you know, at the time it was considered to be out there uh, and not something to be talked about, especially in public public circles. But, yeah, it was true. He was getting re regular briefings from private secretaries on what was happening, mostly in the UK, to be fair. 
because he was generally interested in what was happening. He also subscribed to a magazine which first came out in the 50s called Flying Saucer Review. And I've got a few hold, hold of a few copies of those from the 50s, which is, you know, what, what started it all off. So he's got this fascination with it and obviously was researching it all his life. And some of this, Nick Pope, who I've also interviewed, who's, used to work for the UK's Ministry of Defence, he said some of this must have been passed down to, to King Charles. Uh, so because Jim, King Charles has got an open mind regarding weird phenomena, for instance, not many people know, but... He, he's into homeopathy. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know much about homeopathy, but if you ask any, you know, conventional scientist, a doctor, oh, it doesn't work. It's just nonsense. Uh, but he, you know, him and other members of the royal family use homeopathy because it works for them. Can you explain uh, to my audience what that is? Yeah, homeopathy is, uh, is a medical treatment which involves diluting uh a sample of something or something like a herb but into a really really small amount so it's basically just a trace there there's actually nothing of the original and it's, it's diluted so much that it's like one millionth part is this original herb uh but this process apparently is supposed to because of this dilution effect it has a has a power which which can heal and it is a bit out there and it's a bit like uh how does this work and, you know, you'll get conventional scientists say, well, it obviously it doesn't work because, you know, there's nothing nothing in the water. It's just a, it's a sugar pill or it's just diluted so much. There's nothing, no active ingredients. But because it because it works for some people, it, there is definitely something to it. And, and Prince Charles and, and other members of the royal family have used homeopathy for a long time. And they have a royal home, homeopathist. So, yeah, interesting. That is so interesting. And I actually do believe I'd have to go back and look at my, whenever I read about Diana and I, something pops out at me, I write it down. I write down my source, but I do believe that princess Diana thought that that was, you know, was curious about that too. Um, oh, wow. if I, yeah. So I'd, I'd have to go back and look at that. Obviously I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge Diana fan and I remember yeah. her admiring that element of Prince Charles at the time. Um, mm. that, that element of his mind that was open to so many mm. unique things. Um, yeah, yeah. Now you've, t you mentioned Earl Louis Mountbatten. Mm. What, uh, where's that? What is the evidence that he was curious about things like UFO or the, uh, UFOs or the supernatural? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite some quite eminent ufologists that consider him Mountbatten as a brilliant ufologist. Wow. Uh, one of their peers there's a, I've got his name somewhere. There's a South American uh, author, Alex, Alejandro, Alejandro Rojas. And he was saying Lord Mountbatten was an important and influential ufologist who also had an interest in the paranormal. Uh, and basically, a lot of this stems from back in 1955, Mountbatten, there was actually a UFO allegedly landed on his estate in Hampshire in England. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is all written down. There's all evidence for this. And basically, uh, I'll set up to send you the picture. Basically, Matt Batten didn't see it, but his one of his workers, a bricklayer called Fred Briggs, okay, he 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 saw this landing, saw this uh, UFO land, and this uh strange creature got out. Oh my goodness. Was, this Fred uh, Fred was then reportedly knocked off his bike, held on the ground by an unseen force. I'll quote Fred Briggs in his statement. These documents were released on the death of Lord Louis Mountbatten after his death at the hands of the IRA in 1979. 
Yeah. Okay, so the, the, these were released documents from his estate. So this Fred Briggs states, the object was shaped like a child's huge humming top and halfway between 20 foot or 30 foot in diameter. Its color was like dull aluminium, rather like a kitchen saucepan. It was shaped uh, like the sketch, which I endeavored to make, which is like a flying saucer and had portals all around the middle, rather like a steamer has. He went on, whilst I was watching a column about the thickness of a man descended from the center of the saucer, and suddenly I noticed on it what appeared to be a man, presumably standing on a small platform at the end. He did not appear to be holding on to anything. He seemed to be dressed in a dark suit of overalls and was wearing a close-fitting hat or helmet. So this is a very, very strange story. Mountbatten has actually signed a statement saying, you know, Mr. Briggs was, was of good honour and he's got no reason to doubt what Mr. Briggs was saying. Uh, and it's not the sort of person that would be subject to hallucinations or would make up something. And that's on record. So, so that's that's an that's an amazing event which actually happened on his estate. I and love it, hearing that because you know if, if you are a royal watcher and you, well, first mm. of all, where was that episode of The Crown? I mean, where was that episode? <laughs> I of the that, Crown? I know, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but if, if you are a royal watcher, you know. If I was much... right in The Crown, that would be in there. Yes, <laughs> exactly. If you are a you know a dedicated royal watcher, you know how much the. Well, Earl Mountbatten meant to both Prince Philip and uh, King Charles, and I can't imagine him I just uh, sitting around a, a beautiful fireplace telling these stories and, and their eyes being wide, you know? Um, I, I, I can't imagine how much it sparked a, a fire in mm. them. Uh, and you, you've talked a little bit about British Roswell. My audience is definitely going to know what Roswell is here in New Mexico. Mm. Where and what is British Roswell? And now a word from our sponsor. Well, the British Roswell is actually, uh, there was a, an event that happened in 1980 in Suffolk uh, in England, a place called Rendlesham. And basically it was uh, uh, an, an RAF and US Air Force base, uh, bearing in mind this was the Cold War. Uh -huh. uh, and this was an important base for the Americans, for NATO. Uh, it had nuclear weapons there. Uh, obviously, you weren't allowed to say that at the time because it was secret, but you can now. It had nuclear weapons there, wow. which which is why I think uh, was one of the reasons why this craft was attracted there. So, yeah, there was a landing in this forest. It involved uh, a chap called Colonel Holt. OK, and uh, he was an American colonel who was in charge of the base. He actually went out and documented the sighting on his dictaphone he had at the time. So uh -huh. there's a recording of his voice saying he's seen his strange flashing red lights moving through the forest. And he actually states a big beam of light comes down from it at one stage. It's a very, very bizarre. And this happened over a, a long weekend at, at Christmas in 1990, 1980. Uh, so anyway, Colonel Holt has written a book with this chap I just interviewed called John Hansen. Uh, it's called The Holt Memor Memorandum which is detailing what happened here. And Prince Philip uh, was really into this book and had a copy of it. And uh, the author, John Hansen, kept in regular correspondence with Prince Philip about the book and about this event. Uh, and it is the British Roswell. We still haven't got to the bottom of what happened there. Uh, there was definitely something landed. Uh, There's too many witnesses for it just to be made, a made-up story. Right. And but you know, like a bit like Roswell, it's kind of entered into mythology now a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, is it, it how how is it treated over there? Um, do they commercialize it the way that Roswell is commercialized here? Is it you know um, inflatable aliens and silly things like you know key? No, no, it's not at all. No, it's basically you can go to the forest and the forestry commission own the land, and there's a trail you can do a UFO trail. Oh wow! Uh, but that's it. There's no shops or right or anything. You know. The little little alien, whatever it is, there's uh, so, none of that. So, talk to me about your outreach to the king. You are asking because we've seen over the last twelve months here mm. in, in the United States of America, the mm. government actually getting involved, revealing sure. a lot of new information about aliens or, or you know, um, unidentified flying objects, and you. I think we're inspired by that a little bit. And you reached out to the king and, and said, we should be involved in this too. Let, let's let's open up some of these files. Let's be a little bit more forthcoming when it comes to information about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to Nick Pope, who's a big UFO expert, now lives in America, but worked for the UK's Ministry of Defence. And he actually worked on the UFO desk. So he knows his stuff. And he was saying that, you know, King Charles... Uh, could get on the hotline basically to President Biden and demand a, class, a full classified report on what's happening in the US. Uh, and then also Charles could try and kickstart the disclosure process in the UK because nothing's happening in the UK at the moment. It all seems to be happening in the United States, like you said. You've got Congress involved. You've got some high-profile uh, politicians involved. You've got credible uh, pilots as witnesses coming forward and giving evidence under oath to Congress, yeah. which I think is massive, you know, and they, these are not just conspiracy theorists from the internet. These are, these are pilots. eyewitnesses. Yeah. yeah. These eyewitnesses. Highly trained, highly decorated. Why would they make things up? Right. So, but this is happening in the US when we've got nothing happening at the moment in the UK. So Nick Pope was suggesting Prince Charles, you know, and I appealed to him, you know, should, find out what's going on in the US, but also, you know, let's find out what's going on in the UK because there's lots of, still lots of sightings here, unexplained. Uh, I went to this UFO archive in England this week and there's, there's thousands of reports uh, every year. And the, these are people keeping proper witness statements with diagrams of what they've seen. Uh, and I'm sure a small percentage of them can be explained by a, of a phenomena. But there's definitely something unexplained out there that people are seeing. And now it's harder to keep the truth from the public because everyone's got smartphones. Right. If you see something, you're going to film it, aren't you? Right, right. <laughs> you know, we didn't have that technology 20, 30 years ago. Uh, you had to be very lucky, maybe have a VHS camcorder at the time. Exactly. Conveniently <laughs> yeah. on you, conveniently just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas now, just get your phone out of your pocket. Oh, look at that. Why is it that the, the UK is behind in investigating this? Why is it not a priority, do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, Nick Pope's alluded to, uh, bearing in mind he used to work for the Ministry of Defence, that there's this agreement called the Five Eyes Agreement, uh, which is where America's controlling the UFO truth, whatever you want to call it. Right. And it's allies, Canada, UK, I don't remember Australia, there's a few others are all involved in this five eyes. And so they're briefed not to say anything about it. So they take the lead from, you know, from the dominant ally, which is the United States. So that's a possibility that they've been told not to go public with it. 
but I, I I get a bit kind of upset with this because I don't think as much as I love America and Americans, I get that this is not just something that affects the United States. People are seeing these things all over the world. South America, for instance, Peru, there's lots of things going on at the moment. Right. You know, France has got a proper government department already investigating it. So it's not just in the United States. And uh, so, yeah, I and I think the public needs to deserves to know the truth because there's this technology out there. OK, that's say the U.S. military knows and is keeping secret. That could be used for the benefit of, of everyone. Absolutely. You know, that's my issue, I guess. And so is it rude if I ask you what you asked the king or or maybe how you presented it to the king in your correspondence with him? Yeah, I've just highlighted that, you know, taking a more conservative approach that there's something unidentified in our skies. It could be a, a defense issue uh, and it could be, you know, a safety issue for, you know, commercial and military pilots so i think we should you know see what's going on i didn't say you know can you uh, <laughs> tell us about the aliens so <laughs> i had to make it a quite formal i mean that's taking advice from nick pope as well but the other thing i think is interesting is is that nick pope has suggested uh that pop charles might not want to go public with it because he you know the queen's died the, her passing was very sad and basically he wanted to steady the ship safe pair of hands, keep a low profile, which he's done very well. Uh, so he may not want to step out the shadows at the minute, but he might do it, on, you know, covertly in terms of getting, uh, say, British politicians to ask questions in Parliament and things like that. Correct. Uh, which he could do. He could leverage his power, I mean, to do that in a, in a friendly way, uh, which is how it started in, in America with Congress. We've got congress members asking questions and then it kind of get escalates a little bit so and then that, it i mean uh, really you saw that but then you saw it take off virally and now yeah, yeah. everybody's watching it because it yeah. seemed like just a subtle question that could have gone mm-hmm. completely ignored but then everybody started sharing it on social media but why i do agree with nick pope is because mm-hmm. the atmosphere around the queen's passing was very much what type mm-hmm. of leader will mm-hmm. King Charles be? Yeah. How does he compare to the queen? And there's really no comparison to the queen. She was so excellent. She was so wonderful mm-hmm. at what she did and loved globally. And I don't know. I mean, I come, I'm a nineties baby. I think about yeah. King Charles talking to plants. I mean, that's really yeah. kind of the, it's almost <laughs> like, would this be too aggressive too soon? But I think with the level of curiosity that just we've seen in him, that this has to be something he pursues in the future. Definitely. I think he will have to as well, because also he's he's head of the Church of England, uh, you know, which is not just the UK religion, but it's got you know millions of uh, followers around the world. Uh, so he has, an, has a duty there to his, if we did have first contact or disclosure, how would that affect religion and that's what one of my films is about wow and he takes it very seriously he's very into his faith and he's very spiritual and wants to be the king for all faiths which i admire i think is is a brilliant thing to do uh so he's got that passion uh but like you say he's he's not kind of i don't know it's hard i'm not criticizing but he's he's being safe at the moment i guess Uh, i i I completely i actually actually like that charles talks talks to plants i I think that was good i mean 
because that's showing that there's you know a softer spiritual side to him that's you know I mean, people took the mickey out of him, but I, I thought that was great. <laughs> I do too. I love it. I absolutely love it. To stay in line with our kind of supernatural mm. theme here, mm. I'd, um, I, you did tell me you were going to talk to your friend about whether Prince Philip had seen any hauntings or if there were any sort of ghost stories around um, Prince Philip. Did you get anything? And if not, let's jump into some of the King, um, King Charles ghost stories. Yeah, I mean, the only things I found out about the ghosts was that Balmoral, I mean, all the castles, all the royal properties have to have ghosts, basically, because, you know, they're, they're old. There's a lot of history. Right. Uh, there's been a lot of life. There's been a lot of death in all of these, uh, you know, you know, all the palaces, especially Balmoral and Windsor, less so Buckingham Palace, I guess, but the, 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 there were even ghosts seen in Buckingham Palace, I think. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it is, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to stay there. <laughs> yeah, all the lights are out, can you imagine? Well, this yeah. this really great um, story from yeah. Richard Felix says that mm. uh, he, Prince, oh, yeah. Prince Charles at the time, now King Charles, yeah. um, was terrified at Sandringham because he felt like something was following him and a footman through the library um i'd love to you know you would don't you wish you could see his diary from that day or for his journal from that day to see course, how, yeah. how he reacted to that but well, yeah i mean so, yeah sandringham is because it's it's in norfolk which is not far from where the rendlesham ufo sighting was right and there's a lot there's a lot of weird strange sightings and phenomena in that part of the world and i think there's a connection there and there's also this famous black dog of Bungay, uh, which is this black kind of devil dog that came into church one day. Uh, there's all these kind of mythical creatures, you know. So there's that area in England has got a lot of paranormal, supernatural, as well as UFO things. So I think the Sandringham one fits well with that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, well, first of all, I had no idea about the black dog. That's terrifying. But you just mentioned Buckingham Palace. And, you know, he, the king doesn't want to live in Buckingham Palace. And perhaps it's it's because of this. Uh, apparently, there's a monk that haunts with his his hood up. And it's because I I'm I believe because Buckingham Palace was built over a site that belonged to the monks of Westminster Abbey. So wow. that's kind of wild that's, to think about that as well. That is amazing. I mean, I, I used to work uh, just around the corner from Westminster Abbey and I used to go past it every day. But it's such, yeah, I mean, you just walk the side streets around there. There's such history there. There's really, really old buildings, old churches and graveyards. And I think most of London, <laughs> especially in that area, is, is built on graves oh, as well. Oh, wow. Has have the palaces ever allowed somebody that is a supernatural? I don't know. I don't want to say psychic or somebody that's kind of on one of those teams to search. Yeah, no, they haven't. Them. No, not publicly. But that would be great, wouldn't it? I'm sure Diana would have uh, liked that. Right. Would that would have been something she would have been happy to do. I think. But no, they they haven't done that. I mean, whether they've done it privately, I don't know. But it's possible possibility, isn't it? 
Do you have any other supernatural or paranormal or UFO stories about the royal family that you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, there's something I haven't been able to verify this, but up in Balmoral, when when they were hunting quite a lot, stag deer usually, that uh, an unusual cryptid was seen by Prince Philip. That was uh-huh. possibly, you know, you got Bigfoot over there. Allegedly over here, we have something, uh, in the English Bigfoot, which is a bit smaller. <laughs> I don't know, a bit more polite, I don't know. <laughs> is it Littlefoot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but uh allegedly that was spotted on a hunting party uh in scotland in balmoral balmoral by prince philip and some of his equerries uh, i haven't been able to verify it but it's a great story if it was true but there recently has been a sighting of english littlefoot at a popular place called box hill in surrey really uh, yeah really yeah yeah and uh it's a really popular place uh not far from London, Buckingham Palace. Uh, yeah, and a little foot creature, like a hairy cryptid, but like an ape, but a you know human, but bigger than human, was seen. So you know, possibly could be, and also Balmoral. You know, the, the, it's a it's a strange place, strange landscape, possibly. So who knows? You know, we talked a little bit about um, Louis Mountbatten's estate, um, and it was made public. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we have those that kind of information about Prince Philip yet. Do you know? Um, We're not going to get it. Uh, not in our lifetime. No, think, no. It's, really? uh, it, I can't remember how many years. It's like 80, 80 years or something when he died. They weren't going to yeah. release. So why, I guess? That's my question. Yeah, because I'd uh, love to know if he had similar you know, notes, if he had similar... Yeah pursuits private pursuits and and to to hear about what investigations he was doing in his own time because he does again Mm -hmm. like like king charles he had such a a curious soul and wanted to know what else was out there and i think that kind of was his motivation every day to wake up and 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 get knowledge absolutely and i'm sure that there will be a lot there that we didn't know i mean we're just scratching the surface uh, by what we've found from third parties and you know Mountbatten's evidence and things like that I'm sure there's a lot more out there uh, I mean there was a an amazing story it's related to Prince Philip he was his private equerry uh, I think it's Sir Peter Horsley uh, he 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 actually met up with uh, allegedly met up with a UFO contactee in London in Chelsea uh, and they were trying to get Prince Philip invited as well so Prince Philip nearly met this UFO contactee uh, called George Adamski, quite famous UFO uh, experiencer. So uh-huh. that nearly happened. Uh, that was in Chelsea and London, and I think it was in the 60s. Uh, so that's that's an interesting story. I'm sure there's a lot more there because that hasn't been released because MI5 had to get involved to make sure there was no uh, damage to, to to the crown, basically. Uh, this story got out because uh, it made him look at, you know, UFOs and aliens and contactees were a bit, you know, off limits back in the 60s. You have just given the crown a run for their money. Can you imagine that plot line? <laughs> yeah, we need to do a lot of things. Rushing through the room. We've got to kill this story. we got to kill this story. Shouldn't we celebrate the idea of, A, 
just having an open mind enough to um, pursue new information and be accepting it. I, I just, I'm so disappointed, but I know it was a different time, but mm. I'm so disappointed by the fact that he'd get a slap on the wrist for that because that wasn't what somebody of his position should be focused on. Oh no, that's right. I mean, that's, like you said, that's the way it was, unfortunately. And uh, he had to be very, very careful. But, you know, Mountbatten, Prince Philip, King Charles, all very intelligent people. Uh, and, you know, why wouldn't intelligent people explore this? Because that's what other intelligent people are doing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a mystery out there that needs to be solved. And, you know, I think King Charles would be curious to find out. Well, that is a great way to end the podcast. Um, now, <laughs> people can keep up with you on <laughs> Nub TV. And how can people find Nub TV? Yep, it's streaming in America uh, on Tubi, T-U-B-I, uh, which it. is a big streaming service. So all, all our programs are up there. Uh, so, yeah, and we've also got a website, which is nubmusic.co.uk, uh, which is where we've got all our films and TV there. And is that how you'd like for people to keep up with you too? Or do you have any personal profiles that you want to share? Yeah, my Instagram is uh, The Pocket Gods. Uh, that's the name of my band, I mean. Uh, and my Twitter, uh, which I do most on, is The Pocket God. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You, it's been so much fun to have this like very unique conversation with you. <laughs> it's been brilliant. And I'm gonna keep up with you on YouTube and Instagram. I'm not really a Twitter follow like a Twitter. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, and I'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Yeah, if I find out more stuff, I'll be in touch. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Bye.